Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to the Hotel Marketing Podcast. This is episode 233, and I'm your host, Pete DeMay with Travel Boom. Welcome back. It's been a little bit of time since our last episode, and for that, I apologize. We've been pretty busy around Travel Boom headquarters, and I just did not make enough time to dedicate to recording a new episode for you guys. But that's something that's changing today because we have a real doozy on tap. We're going to be talking about the three, or I said, I shouldn't say three. I'm going to give you five tips that will help you improve your SEO efforts for 2023 as we start to head into the second quarter of the year. But before we do that, we got a couple of housekeeping things. Like I said, this is episode 233. And if you want to follow along, all you have to do is go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 233 for the show notes and the article that's related to the topic today. And we actually have a very good article that you would want to dive into. The article was written by Jeremy Razuk very recently, and the headline is, It's Not Too Late to Tap Into These Trends in SEO Tips for Hotels in 2023. So there's seven tips in total. I'm only going to give you five. So there's a cliffhanger. You're going to have to go to the website for the for the rest of them. But before we dive into the main event, let's talk about some newsaroos. And here we go. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for newsaroos. The newsaroos, here we go. This one comes to us from Verge, and it's a really interesting article and something that we've been talking about for a little bit. But the headline is, Microsoft Bing hits 100 million active users. That's pretty interesting. You know, Bing has made such strides lately in their search results, their page layout, but most importantly, their integration of ChatGPT in the chatbot into the search results. Now, 100 million active daily users is a phenomenal milestone for, for Microsoft and for Bing. It pales in comparison to more than a billion daily users that Google sees, but it is chipping away at them. And the reason is, is they, they offer something that is unique. They offer something that Google does not have. Google's tried to recreate it with Bard, and it's just not there yet. But obviously, Google's a, a massive 800-pound gorilla that's going to be chasing them down pretty hard. But with that being said, you know the article goes on to talk about all the changes that Microsoft and Bing have been making. And one thing I saw that was really interesting is Microsoft Ads is currently at around $18 billion in revenue over the past 12 months, compared to just $10 billion the financial year before. And when you look at it from that perspective, they nearly doubled the performance or the revenue that they've been able to generate. And that is because more people are going to Bing than other places. Granted, like I said, they have a million you know, more things to do to, to catch up to, to Google. But it is worth noting that ChatGPT, Microsoft, and Bing are really starting to make some, make some strides. And this is a great article. I would definitely say check it out on The Verge. It is a well worth the read. You know, it kind of reminds me if you go way back and, you know, I'm getting older every day, but Google was just a random search engine that nobody used. Everybody was using other types of platforms out there. And then all of a sudden, Google awoke and became the dominant player in the industry. They're not always going to be number one at, you know, for the foreseeable future. Absolutely, they are. But these are the kind of things that could chip away at at google's dominance in the market so something to take a look at it's a really good article and i'd say give it a read you can find a link for it in the show notes 
now with that out of the way, we can actually dive into the, the main topic today, which I know everybody's excited to talk about. And that's going to be the five tips that your hotel can put into place now that's going to really help improve your SEO strategy, your SEO performance, and the direct revenue that you can generate you know, by making a couple simple changes to your website and into your marketing efforts. But like I said, there's actually seven items out there. I'm not giving them all to you because I'm just not that generous today for some reason. But you can get the whole thing on the website after the podcast. All right. So kind of we had talked about this is an article that Jeremy Razook had written. And it really does have a lot of great information, not only in the the content of the the article itself, but also it goes into a lot of the details. It has a lot of links to tools that you can use and things that you can put in place that are going to make your your efforts a lot more effective from the SEO perspective. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the very first one, which is number one, 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 to chat GPT or not to GPT. So this is like the big question that I think all marketers have right now, time and time again, is is chat GPT, the current version 3.5, version four just came out very recently. Is it going to take all of our jobs? And do we just need to hand over our SEO strategies to GPT completely? And I'll just go back and have margaritas on a beach somewhere. And the answer is no. So if you look at the way marketers need to start thinking about chat GPT, you know, I, I look at it in terms of, you know, what Google's violations and spam policies are. And they made it very clear, and this is in quotes, using automation, including AI, to generate content with a primary purpose of manipulating rankings and search results is a violation. So simply put, if your plan is to go to ChatGPT, say, write about why my hotel is the number one hotel, copy it, paste it into a blog, that is spammy, and that will be penalized by search engines. Maybe not the day you post it, but it is something you want to watch out for because it is, one, not helpful from a search perspective. It's not helpful from a consumer's perspective. And let's be honest, it is a little bit of lazy marketing. But that brings you to the point of, okay, so if I can't use GPT to write my content for me, what do I need to use it for? And the answer is there's a lot of great things that you can use it for. Not only is it a great way to help refine some of your thought processes to develop some content that you want to write and then you optimize from there, but it's phenomenal for helping you with your headlines, subject lines, and whatnot. You know, one place where you see AI content come into place is in email specifically for A-B testing your subject lines. And GPT can use that same type of system to write some really great headlines for your content that you're using to focus your SEO efforts on. You, As an example here, the, uh, the title of this article that we're reading, It's Not Too Late to Tap Into These Trends and SEO Tips for Hotels in 2023, that was brought to us by ChatGPT, or at least in part. So you know, when, what we would do is go into G- GPT and say, literally, write 10 catchy, attention-grabbing headlines about SEO for hotels. And boop, 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 it spits out 10 that you can choose from. But really what you want to do is narrow down the ones that are cheesy and just obnoxious. Take the ones that you feel are in the right vein and then optimize those with your own AI and your you know squishy brain inside your skull and use that to 
to create your titles. It's a great way to use GPT to optimize, and it is a massive time saver. It is one of those things where I really do think everyone don't use it for the content, you know, in its entirety. But man, it is it is a way to really boost the velocity at which you can produce content. So again, to chat GPT or not to GPT, I think the answer is yes, you chat GPT. But like any tool, you use it the smart way. You don't just use it like a bull in a china shop. So there is number one for us right there. So moving on to number two, 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 two. This is one of those things that you want to do to make the most of 2023. And that is headless websites equal faster websites. We've talked about headless websites on the podcast before. And I'll tell you this, it is something every hotelier and every web marketer needs to be looking at in earnest. It is incredibly important in terms of speed to your consumers to be able to browse your site faster. We know that for every tenth of a second that a site is sped up, it improves your overall conversion rates in your websites and the revenue that you can generate. It's also incredibly important from a search engine's perspective. Look at Google and how they use Lighthouse and how important Core Web Vitals is becoming in organic rankings. If your site is laggy, if it is poorly coded, and obviously if it's slow, it will hurt you in your search results. It doesn't matter if you have fantastic content. If it takes a long time for that page to load, Google is going to bypass you for something that offers a better searcher experience and content experience for the readers. That's why we are huge fans of headless development to the point where we've entirely moved to headless for all new websites because it is just so, so much more effective. Now <clears throat> we've got links to what headless is in a nutshell. All a headless website is, is you take the head of the website, which is the, the admin area where everything is really controlled. You take the admin and you separate it from the front end. So when someone visits the website, they just see a very simple HTML, video, whatever you want to have in it, structure that does not have any of the heavy lifting that is required for, say, a WordPress admin or other types of admin that might manage it. It doesn't have a lot of the heavy JavaScript that might be needed. It is just a very scaled down, incredibly efficient, incredibly fast website. It's not much different in terms of managing. There's one or two little extra steps that you have to go through to, to push content to production. But in general, it doesn't change much in the admin side, but it is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly better from a front-end side. Uh, existing websites can be converted from a traditional head website to a headless. It does take a little bit extra effort and might change some of the functionality. But definitely moving forward, think about building your next website or taking the time to upgrade your current website to a headless website for much better core web vital scores that will absolutely, absolutely improve your website ranking. So that's number two. We're going to move right along to number three, 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 three. Answer all the questions. Okay, this is everything that you're supposed to be doing as a hotelier. If a guest has a question, you want to answer said question. It is also important to do that for a online shopper, anybody who's in the process of you know trying to decide on a destination, but answer every question you have. Come up with a fantastic 
FAQ section, understand what the questions are that your prospective guests and your existing guests are asking, and then simply answer them. The nice part about this is you can go ahead and get it set up relatively quickly, set up an FAQ section on your website, go ahead and populate it with some of the questions that you would expect to be answered. You know, things like, you know, when is checkout time? Can I have pets? Do you have accessible rooms? What are your amenities like? All those type of questions are very low hanging fruit. But then beyond that, go ahead and dive in your actual experiences with guests and talk to your staff. What does the front desk say people have questions for every time they check in? Talk to your housekeeping team. What are their questions or what questions do they get? Do you have a call center? That's another great place. Check your online reviews and basically create a true comprehensive list of any question that anybody would want to ask your hotel. Answer each question as if you're talking to an actual guest and give it the best possible service you possibly can. Because when you do that, those are the questions that people are actually typing in when they start getting further and further down that shopping funnel and that conversion funnel. So for instance, if people are asking about checkout time, that tells me that they're already made the decision that they're going to be traveling. They've probably already chosen a location. They're probably already chosen a property. But if the question becomes when is checkout time and you know that you have a later checkout time, let's say yours is 1130 or 12 and your competitors are 10 o'clock, that gives you a competitive advantage and putting that information out is of huge benefit to the customer, but also from a search perspective. But by having this stuff in an FAQ format, you'll get, you wrap it in what's called a schema markup. And that ensures that as people are looking for this, this can appear front and center on the search results page to where you're answering questions without someone ever even having to click through to a link and you're able to get them to your property much, much more effectively. So number three is answering all the questions. And even if this wasn't a podcast about the SEO side of hotel marketing, this is one of those things that every hotelier should be doing. So that was number three. We're going to jump into number four, 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 which is right about tangential topics. Tangential topics are things that are going to be in the same ecosystem as what you offer. So if you're a hotel, think of a tangential topic as being destination information, dining in the area and whatnot. So again, this is a great way to give the search engines a good understanding of truly what you offer instead of just a very siloed, I am a hotel, this is all I do. If you can create that that sphere of content that is related to hotels, it's going to help you from a search ranking perspective. And not only that, it also helps you from a consumer's perspective of being excited about visiting your destination. And what I mean by that is, for instance, if if you look at what people are searching for, the example that we have in, in the article here is Las Vegas. If people are looking for things to do in Las Vegas, you need to answer that question. Just like we talked about number three with the answer every question, even if it's not about your property, and the question is, is hey, what is there to do in Las Vegas for free? That's a phenomenal article topic. Write about that. That is something that people are interested in, they're looking for. And if you can create that great content that is head and shoulders above everyone else's content about free things to do in Las Vegas. Now you are not only in the top position for your brand terms, but now you're starting to be in top position for all the other terms around your destination. All right. So that was four. I promised you five items and there's two hiding in the wind, but for number five, this one is called boost your organic SERP real estate. 
And what I mean by that is we talked about a little bit on the FAQ section, but is using schema optimization and schema markup to completely dominate the search results page. Here's what I mean by that. Let's go back to Vegas. Let's say you are tiny town hotel in Las Vegas. If someone does a search for tiny town hotel in Las Vegas, they should see your paid result. They should see your organic result. They should see your meta search results on the right-hand side where you're you know, putting out your, your lowest possible rate and you're beating the OTAs. If you're not doing that, that's definitely something that you've got to do. It's incredibly important. But what they should also be seeing is pieces of content from your website that are featured on the search results page above and beyond just a simple link. As an example of this is if I typed in, in this question, we had an article that we wrote that's the best time to visit Myrtle Beach in June through August. We wrote this article. We had this written, uh, wrapped in a the proper schema markup. And now you see a featured snippet when you do that search for best time to visit Myrtle Beach. You don't get the CVB site to start with. You don't get competitor sites. What you get is Google answering the question saying, hey, I'm glad you asked what the best time to visit is. The best time to visit Myrtle Beach is June through August. Perfect weather for splashing around the Atlantic and lying on the beach. But Myrtle Beach is truly a beautiful year-round. Anytime is a great time to visit on the Grand Strand. And the article went on and on and on to explain all the attributes of, of Myrtle Beach in this case. But the great benefit was is we controlled the search results page. And it really helped drive an amazing amount of revenue through an article that did not take a long time to write. It was incredible, great, incredibly good investment from a client's perspective. And it really helped them, you know, in a huge way. And you can do this throughout all of all of your site. You know, don't think of the only place you use a, a schema markup is on your FAQ page. Most sections of your website would have some type of opportunity to answer questions and appear within that featured snippet on Google's or that people also ask areas of a search results page. Answering those with the proper markup wrapped around them gives us a great opportunity to obviously be a you know feature snippet. But if you are the number one result and then you have a bunch of other answers directly under your result, again, you're going to that organ that domination strategy on the search results page, which is the best solution to ensuring that you can drive direct bookings. So that's it. That's that's the five things that you can do to help make the most of your SEO strategy in 2023. There are two more out there. You know one's going to be analytics because we're always talking about ABT, always be testing. And the other one is talking about the proper ways of promoting content and stuff. But I'm not going to give it any more than that. you got to check out the article and, and see for yourself. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out the article, it's called It's Not Too Late to Tap into These Trends in SEO Tips for Hotels in 2023. And it's at travelboommarketing.com slash blog. But that's what we got for you today. Like I said, it's a relatively short podcast. Uh, I do apologize for the tardiness getting back with you guys. It's been almost a month since the last episode. But we're changing that. We got another couple episodes in the can and ready to go. So you'll be able to hear my voice and a lot more of our guests in the near, near future. If you want to follow along, just like I said, go to the travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 233 for the show notes, links, tips, and more. But you can also find us on LinkedIn at Travel Boom Marketing 
on the website, travelboommarketing.com. Or if you just want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at podcast at travelboommarketing as well. Well, that's all we got. Hopefully you have a wonderful end of the first quarter. The time is ticking quickly, so make the most of the year. And you have three quarters left to make it a killer one. And it looks like it's going to be a good year if you do your marketing the way we tell you to. It's definitely worth it. It's a good investment and you'll be rewarded handsomely. With that being said, happy hoteling and travel boom is, wait a little bit longer, out. Thank you.